now got in for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And that's it. It's just us again. This was the this was the downfall of Stack Guy Ride. He'll never be back now. Never. I wanted to get his uh, take on the draft on uh, from the other over the weekend there that the uh, Eagles drafted a quarterback in the second round when they got Wentz still on the team. I want to see how I felt about that. I don't know how much they trust him. Was that guy Ryan? Yeah. I wouldn't trust him. I don't know how much they they could possibly trust Wentz. At I this think point. I heard. I heard somebody they were breaking down a draft on. Uh, thing might have been Joe and Evan, and they said that despite being in the playoffs the past three years, Carson Wentz has thrown four passes in the postseason. Four passes in the postseason. Yeah. How many games? They made the postseason last year, right? I believe so. I believe I they, think they were. They've been in the playoffs the last three years. Yeah, Four they won pass. a Super Bowl. So yeah, that's, but with, you know, they, with, with Foles, obviously he wasn't there. But, uh, yeah, but I'm just that's the I guess that's the point there that uh, he hasn't been around. And Foles, they won in that little bit of a run the year after with Foles. And I guess maybe when I don't know. I don't know. Who cares, who cares about the friggin' Eagles? I just wanted to bust that guy ride balls. How you been, man? You got a big day coming up soon. Soon, man. Not uh, It's coming, I guess. I don't know when. Well, if your wife has the baby, um, when she's supposed to, we're exactly a week away from her due date. Now you know enough to know that that can come at any time. So you have to be on your toes. What if what if she goes into labor mid-pod right now? Well, you're going to have to carry it home then, bro. What do you want me to do? Wow. I see where your loyalties where your loyalties are. To the birth of my only to the birth of my only child. Yeah, yeah but sorry. When I mean, a woman I, goes into labor, it's not it's not like the movies depict it. It's not like instant. You have time. You could tell her to go relax. You need to finish the show, and then when you're ready, you'll so take you've her been, to. You've been through this a couple of times already. How do you think? No, that I haven't. Over? I've actually never experienced labor. My wife has had to have C sections. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But I just do my research, which clearly you haven't. But what if your wife called you and said, "Oh, I'm going into labor in mid pod"? What you not? You're just gonna be like, "Sorry, Meg, I uh, got to finish this podcast." Yeah, man. You yeah, gotta, right. you gotta have your priorities straight. Yeah, your priorities are gonna be real <laughs> straight. When uh, you're gonna be lucky, you had those kids because you won't be having your equipment anymore. I actually, I actually know someone in uh, that went to high school with us. His wife went into labor, and it was downpouring out, and it all happened so quick. She ended up delivering in on their front lawn, and thankfully. One of the neighbors was a, uh, was a, you know, OB or whatever, and delivered the baby for. Some crazy shit's gonna happen when my wife goes into labor. It's just a, my luck. Well, there's certainly nothing crazy going on in, uh, in the sports world. So you're not, you won't be missing much. 
Well, that, that's another thing. I'm kind of glad that even if we were in normal times that uh, it's happening right now, because could you imagine my wife tell, calling me up game six of the ALCS, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm in labor? No. Those things that need is, to be that planned. Is, that is when uh, I would tell her, yeah, you got you have some time. Hold on there. You know, I have three kids, but I've only, you know, my daughter's, my oldest daughter's my stepdaughter, so... I wasn't around for her birth, but the, my two children who are my biological children, I planned conception so that in nine months it was not, you know, September, October. I have a December baby. I have a March baby. I actually I, stayed away from any games. I've, I have off-season babies, and that's yeah. how you have to do it. Nah, you know what? Shit happens, right? It's true. So did you do your homework this week? I actually didn't, but I but I did talk to my wife. We are we both agreed it has to happen because it's slipping out of the top ten on Netflix now. So pretty much everybody has watched it at this point. Everyone in the entire world. I started watching that drug scandal thing that you were talking about. How how is it? I've only watched the first episode still. I thought you watched it. Mm mm. Dude, you do what you you hyped it up and yeah. made it seem like you watched it. I have to admit something, and I just been that trying you're, that you're a goddamn liar and a bullshitter. No, I've been trying to avoid it on the show, but I don't think I can anymore. I always force my wife to watch my shows that I want to watch, and when the whole quarantine happened, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pick a show that you want me to watch. And I'll actually yeah, no, watch. You've been it. watching like Grey's Anatomy or some. So shit out of like all that. the options she gave me, Grey's Anatomy was the was the least um, that I knew would make me want to blow my brains out because I've I've like somewhat paid attention to to how it when bad she's, were the options that you chose Grey's Anatomy? Okay, like ready. That, I would never watch that. One show tree, in my one life. tree hill. Pass. It was one tree hill, Grey's Anatomy, or uh, Dawson's Creek. So I got two hard passes. At least I got a medical drama now where I think I can be, I thought I could be okay with it. It's a, it's a phenomenal show. And I don't like net. I don't like uh network television, right? Network or cable television. I think it was on net- channel seven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I never watch very rarely unless it's a sitcom, but I'm hooked. So call me whatever you need to call me, judge me. However you want to judge me. I'm on season 11. Within this time, and they're hour-long episodes, twenty-four episodes a season. So you do the math. So basically, uh, this drug scandal show—it's kind of boring. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm like two and a half episodes. It's only four episodes, about an hour long each. Uh, I, I think I fell asleep halfway through the third episode last night. It's not riveting. It's just—it's it's just insane. a crazy story, right? It's insane, like. This woman, like, there's two women that are featured in. There's one in a, the Boston lab, and then there's one in like I forget where it is. It's, it's like um, in Western Massachusetts. Yeah, it's um, Amherst. And the and the one in Amherst, it was just decided that she was going to be like a kid in a candy store one day, and was like, "Yeah, I'll take liquid meth." Yeah, it's the doing- uh, it's the pure meth that they that they used to do the testing. 
Yeah, it's they call it the standard. It's 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 yeah, it's what they use to test the drugs up against. She's just like, yeah, I'll do I'll do liquid meth one day. Then she then she realized that she did too much of it over the course of the year, so she had to find something else and started snorting coke. Oh and then God. the coke wasn't getting her high enough, so she started baking at her desk in the drug lab. This is how screwed up it is. That nobody's watching her. There's no camera. She's cooking crack Unreal. at her desk and smoking it. And and then she would go to the bathroom and smoke crack. Wow. And this is all. Now here's the biggest catch of the whole story. If anyone listening is planning on watching, this is these this is evidence. So when this comes out, it's like you know any any lawyer who is usually you know a defense lawyer is thinking I can get all my people off of drug charges that she's done the she's done the you know evidence check on because she's obviously not credible whether whether she tampered with theirs or not she's clearly on meth this whole time so then and, it, then it becomes yeah. a cover up right yeah and it was just like you know the part the lawyers are in it and I'm just like I don't if these guys are in jail already and they did shit like I Okay, like I don't feel bad for them that they didn't get out. I mean, but if they're in jail because like the other girl was just like faking that she actually did the work, uh, it's called uh, dry labbing, where the term that they were using in the show is just like that she was just signing off on things without actually testing it. And it was basically because like she wanted people's approval. It was like, oh, look at Annie. Like she did like 17 cases today, and like everybody else is like five. Crazy. Yeah, but it's Boston, so you know they're used to cheating up there. That's true. Oh, did I just segue into something here? <laughs> so, uh, and you, you got to give Manfred credit. Uh, and before we get into that, uh, please uh, go to iTunes, five-star rating and review for the show. And uh, actually, you know what? If, you, uh, if you're so inclined to leave us a five-star rating review, what is your – what show have you binged this quarantine that you didn't think that you would Other than Tiger King. Other, other than Tiger King. Other than Tiger King, what show are you binging that you didn't think that you'd be watching during quarantine? I like that. Uh, so Manfred and he—he's a slick genius. This guy, you want people can say he's trying to ruin the game, but he's slick. This guy that he released the findings of the Red Sox uh, investigation the day before the NFL draft, knowing that everybody and their mothers would be fiending like us. Uh, her no, her name is Sonia Farrakh, the meth head in uh, How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Yes. That he, everybody would be fiending worse than Sonia Farrakh for sports. Uh, so he released this the day before the NFL draft, knowing that everybody's mind would be on draft uh, Thursday. So it didn't really get as much attention as it probably would have. But that was man, that was by design by Rob Manfred, without a doubt. Yeah, I think I think a lot of things in in our lives are planned that way that, you know, if something big is going to drop that they don't want that they, you know, they have to reveal, but they don't want a lot of attention to it's usually planned um, around something else. That's big. That's coming up that can distract us. And I think, I think I was just going to say, I think there's more people like us who just don't give a fuck anymore and are just so, fixated on the fact that we want baseball that I don't think this would have blown up to be anything too crazy anyway. Um, but absolutely was planned 
to be right there, before the NFL there's draft. An old, there's an old trick that people would use. If you don't want uh, it to go into the news cycle, you release it at like 4.30 on a Friday. This way it just kind of dies. And by the time Monday rolls around, no one's talking about it anymore. But Manfred was like, yeah, you know, I'll release this a day before, like late in the afternoon, the day before the NFL draft. No one's going to care. Smart. So basically, and if you're not up on it, because we never really broke it down too much on this show because everybody was really so fixated on what was going on with the Astros. Um, I just read real quick what the Red Sox were accused of. Uh, This is from sportsillustrated.com. It says a Red Sox staff member in the replay room would pass along the pitcher's sign sequence to a player. The player would return to the dugout and inform the rest of the team. A pitcher sign sequence could sometimes be determined from previous appearances, but the Red Sox would try to stay current with any changes by shuffling players to the video room. So explain something to me real quick. Is this kind of like what the Astros did? Um, So it goes on. Yeah, I'll just continue reading here. It goes on to say the information would be sent to the base runner who would then look out for the catcher signs and then use their body language to inform the hitter of what pitch was coming. Red Sox and staff, Red Sox players and staff members would go over communication methods for that day's game. The signs from the base runner would come from stepping with one or two feet onto onto the bag or looking into center field. And then it goes on to say that this is different from the Astros because the Astros were using live camera feeds to steal signs, whereas the the Red Sox, they kind of did this the day before from past uh, experiences. Okay, wait. So let's backtrack a little. They weren't doing this that day in the replay room and they – and whatever this was this was before the game would even start they knew how to pick up on it so i don't know if it says before the game but they weren't using live video so whatever video they were using to break the the sequences and the codes was from a previous game or maybe earlier in the game it doesn't actually uh it doesn't say specifically in the article when the video is from, but it, we do know that it wasn't live video. And then I'll say this. In my opinion, that is not cheating at all. I think that stays between the lines. I think at that point you have a sequence and you want to relay to the batter discreetly what's coming. Uh, I think that's the same as a runner at second base, you know, or first base being able to pick up on the catcher signs that he's giving straight up and relaying them that way. I I don't see any harm in that. If they're sitting in the replay room and they are in live time or, you know, a little delayed, but if they're sitting there during the game, picking up on the starting pitchers sequences over the first couple innings. And then by the third inning, they have it down pat and then they're doing it. That's cheating to me. But if they're, if they're studying it before the game starts or, you know, that week and then the game starts and they picked up on it, that's different to me. That's studying the game. That's studying the pitcher. And I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. From that perspective, it doesn't really seem uh, like cheating, but I'm just trying to find some more information here because like I said, I didn't really go too deep into what the Red Sox were up to because everybody, including us, were so involved in the Astros scandal. Um, 
see, I'm I'm seeing here. See, I think this is where they they got in trouble because it's the second. Uh, it's the second part of that first paragraph that I read. A pitcher's sign sequence could be sometimes determined from previous appearances, but the Red Sox would try to stay current with any changes by shuffling players to the video room. Yes. So I guess what they were, they were getting to themselves into trouble here is that, okay, let's say they were facing the Yankees and they had CC sign sequence down from uh, when they faced them, you know, three weeks ago. Right. But they were still, they might be, have picked up something in the first inning, went through, you know, and then by the time the second inning rolled around, they had to decode it. So here's that's where they were. They were getting they got themselves into trouble. Here's here. where I'm so against the whole limited catchers uh, trips to the mound, because what people don't realize a lot of the time is that, you know, unless you play the game on a fairly competitive level, that if you're a good pitcher at this in this type of competition, you're changing your sequence. You're changing the way you pitch almost every time you go out because there's so much technology now. And so I think I think the catcher going out there a lot of the time is because it is more complicated than we think. And a pitcher does need to change things up to to prevent him from getting rocked and from getting picked up on. And for me, like I said, if they weren't doing this mid-game because every pitcher, every good pitcher is going to change a sequence so that this thing, these things can't happen. The fact they're going into the replay room and the guy's name was like Watkins or something, I guess was in charge of the replay monitor. He was, he was then calling them in and, and going over the sequence again mid game to update them with whatever updates the pitcher was making. And yeah, that's, that's where and that's where it's cheating. Club. That's absolutely cheating. All right. So the Red Sox, uh, after MLB announced uh, last week that the Red Sox were going to be suspending the video staffer through the postseason in 2020, and they will be forfeiting a second-round draft pick in the upcoming draft. And uh, they officially announced that – or his name was JT Watkins, you were correct. Uh, no players were disciplined, and uh, Alex Cora was suspended through uh, the playoffs in 2020, but not for anything that he did in Boston – but because of what happened in Houston. Yeah. Um, I think that AJ Hinch being rehired would really throw up some red flags, but I think it, the Sox decided they wanted to rehire Alex Cora. I got to say, I, I really wouldn't be up in arms about it over this but report. Yeah. Here's my whole thing with Alex Cora. I, I have no love for the guy. Okay? I hate his guts. I, I kind of think he's a scumbag. Everybody that you hear talk about him on the radio is like, oh, he's such a great guy. And maybe he is outside of baseball. But what I've seen of him as a Yankee fan, I think he's kind of of, of a scumbag. As a field. baseball fan, really. I mean, as a baseball fan. and that's And that's where I really dislike him. Because there's a lot of people you hate because you're a Yankee fan. I mean... I know Ortiz didn't didn't always, you know, make the classiest decisions, but oh, we're going to get into him in a little bit. I though. know, I know. And, but at the end of the day, for me, I hated David Ortiz more because he just killed the Yankees than I did, you know, when he would talk about baseball. And, and for me, Alex Cora is more of he just doesn't represent represent the game the right way to me, especially coming from a guy 
like Alex Cora, who everyone says how much he's a baseball guy, how much he loves the game. He doesn't act that way all the time. And I that, hate that he sounds like Jorge Posada, too. Sometimes I'll hear him on the he radio. He does. I'm like, is that Jorge? And I'm like, ah. Oh. He really does. I, hate, I, hate, I really hate that, too. But here's my thing about Alex Cora, right? So I guess he's not complicit in anything that happened in Boston, right? If he's not being punished for anything that happened. But here's my whole thing about it. How's he one of the masterminds of what happened in Houston? They're cheating in Boston, and he does, and he's got no hand. I mean, he's not. He doesn't have a hand in any of this. He just decided, like, hey, I cheated in Houston. We won the World Series. Now I'm the manager in Boston. I'm not going to do this anymore. Look, this goes. This goes back to what I said weeks and weeks ago when the Houston stuff came out. I said Beltron was only named as the you know the only player named because he was still in the game because it still affected how people were going to gamble and and it still affected the trust fans had in the game and he was a part of that because he was a manager at this point because they fired him already maybe the commissioner felt there was no need to bring bring his name up and like and and you know like I just said if the Red Sox did end up hiring him down the road again I'd be okay with it but I wouldn't be if this report came out in full and listed exactly what Alex Cora's you know what he did to influence all of this because you know he did you know he had some type of influence in this and you know he knew what was going on hey, I mean come on bro like if I would give I would honestly give him the benefit of the doubt if he wasn't in use absolutely the year before absolutely I would honestly say okay you know what maybe you know maybe he didn't really know he's focused on even though that's kind of sounds dumb that he didn't notice that he had people running back and forth to the maybe maybe people guys in his mind guys were just like checking out their ABs or whatever and he didn't know that this stuff was going on and he thought the sign stealing was just between the lines you could you could make a case where he could have the benefit of the doubt but he's I mean, it's what him and Beltron are like uh, Lex Luthor and the Joker is the two biggest villains in the world right now when it comes to sign stealing. And you're going to tell me he takes over a baseball team and and he has no idea. Well, think of it like this, right? Think about the steroid era. And we can all sit here and confidently say Major League Baseball turned a blind blind eye to it. And Bud Selig knew what was going on to some level and knew that it was helping the game. So he didn't do a thing about it because no one ever came up to him and incriminated him. No one came up to him and said, Hey, by the way, we're doing steroids. So uh, we're going to be hitting a lot of home runs right now. It was when someone else came out with evidence against it, that he had to step in. I would at least give Cora the benefit of the doubt of saying, Hey, he probably knew what was going on, but you know what? He turned a blind eye to it, and he just let it happen. And at that point, I'd still be okay with it. But let's be honest here. If he's one of the masterminds behind Houston cheating, like you said, he's one of the masterminds behind doing this sequencing and and checking the video board. There's the video room. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, like you when you brought up the steroids, we've talked about that before too. It's just that Major League Baseball, just like the steroids and just like the cheating with the sign stealing, they didn't want to do anything about either of those situations. They had to when somebody blew the whistle. Well, that's what that's exactly why I'm comparing it to saying that's how you could give Core the benefit of the benefit of the doubt 
and not being too naive and saying he had no idea what was going on, but at least maybe you would say, you know what? He probably knew what was going on. He didn't want to know too much and just let it happen because they were winning. Fine. But you just can't say that now. You can't. He was a part of this. He possibly was the one who suggested it or came up with it. But I we'll never know. Find it, I really find it hard to believe that he didn't play a role in getting that started. Agreed. Uh, so now, so we know that the video guy and the loss of a second round pick, are you upset that they didn't get hit harder with a punishment? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if I'm being, you know, I don't know if my judgment is a little cloudy because again, I'm just so focused on the fact that we don't have baseball right now, but it's just really not, this was it, when you want to compare it to to what Houston did, right? And you look at what happened there. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal, but technically the Houston Astros can still operate the way the way they had been, you know, minus all the cheating, but none of their players got got hurt because of this. And if you have talent on a team and your players aren't getting suspended or anything, uh, you know, you hire a decent guy, you're going to be okay. For me, compared to what the Astros did, I, I'm fine with the punishment, I think. I mean, what more are you going to do? If, if you did so little in Houston, what more are you going to do to the Red Sox over this? Yeah, that's what that's what it comes down to. The precedent was set in with what happened to the Astros. So you can't punish the Red Sox worse when it doesn't seem like what they did was any worse. Because I mean, you, you got to say this too, right? It still took some knowledge and it still took some studying and it still took some brain power to figure out what they were figuring out and relaying it the way they were relaying it. It wasn't where they were taking advantage of outside resources so much to a point where they didn't even have to guess. And it wasn't a player having to be on base to relay it. It was them banging on a garbage can. That's what's so bad about what happened in Houston. Like it, it seems like the Red Sox could only do this when there was a player on second base, which is, which you can mask under the guise that it's just traditional sign stealing happening in between the white lines, right? These guys were banging on friggin' trash cans. It, it didn't matter who was pitching. It didn't matter who was up at bat. It didn't matter what the count was. They could get a feed of what pitch was coming every single time. If you want to make an argument, the only time they couldn't really figure it out was when there was a guy on second base because you figure the catcher at that point is throwing down so many signs that they don't have a straight sign at that point. But really, it... What the Astros did is astronomically different than what the Red Sox had, had, yeah, I had mean, done. You can't get. I mean, really, once you you know what the precedent is for the for the punishment, I don't have a problem with what ha- what the Red Sox got. I mean, you can't make it worse than what the what the friggin' Astros got. Now so let's like, let's take away punishment for a second and let's talk about the integrity of the game and and the credibility of their World Series. All that being said, from what I said, they still cheated. They still were doing things to get an advantage that weren't legal. And you didn't take the Houston Astros title away, so you're definitely not taking the Red Sox No, absolutely not. But as fans now, as fans looking in, is that World Series title credible? And for me, it's a no because you did cheat the system. You cheated it to a point where 
you were illegally looking at things that you shouldn't have been during the game. Are the Yankees winning the division in 2018 if the Red Sox aren't cheating? That that's the thing. I I don't I don't think so. I think that team was just so good regardless. But I don't. Do that's Yankees but the but, but the here's the thing, man. Cheating? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. The fact that you have to ask that question is what makes it less credible. I don't. I think the answer is no to both of those. I still think the Red Sox are better than. Oh, absolutely. I I think you want to take away everything. Uh, You just want to look at pure talent and 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 that team. Just the chemistry on that team. Absolutely. I didn't. I don't care what they were doing. They would have won it anyway. But the fact that you have to ask that question is what is what takes me to a point where I say the fact that I couldn't tell you is takes away their credibility. And that's sad. That's as a baseball fan. That's sad because that team was so damn good. They probably didn't need any of this. And now people are questioning it. That team was one of the best teams we will ever see step foot on a baseball field. I think their title is way more legit than if you really want to put an asterisk on something in Break it down like that. Their title is way more legit than the Astros. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, you said the word precedence. That's that's what the Astros set, not only in the punishment they were given, but in in their credibility of what they did. And and it's again, no, it's no question. The Red Sox had less of an advantage by far and still would have been that talent. We don't know. The Astros knowing every single pitch changes the game drastically. And what the Red Sox did, not as much. It's not every pitch. It's not every situation. So the so you can confidently say the Red Sox, putting aside all cheating, were a much better team than the Astros were. So, of course, you know, something can't happen to the Red Sox without David Ortiz weighing in on it, right? I didn't read that article, so I, I'm kind of hearing this for the first time, what he had to say. Well, you know, uh, he said in, on Fox Sports the other day, uh, he said the punishment was not fair. Um, to scroll down further, um, he doesn't see it as a big deal. He said everybody's doing it in the league right now. So we'll just we'll just stop right there because doesn't that sound like something else that he was involved in? Yes. You know, say in two thousand and three, <clears throat> maybe. Yep. Yeah, uh, and and it doesn't. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say he loses all credibility to me when he starts complaining about what happened and and the punishments, and then talking about what everyone else is doing. If he came out and said, if he came out and said, look what they did was wrong because it was against the rules. Um, but that team kind of like what I just said and what you said, that team was so talented. It didn't matter what they were doing. They were going to win a world series. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and then went on to kind of say what he needed to say. The fact that he's just so defensive, he's always on the defense when it comes to things happening to the Red Sox. He, he loses credibility for me also. Bro, my problem with him is that he always has to open his mouth about this stuff, but then he never, no one ever wants to talk about the elephant in the room with him that he tested positive for steroids. And no he one, was on no the one list. ever will. He's on the list. And Alex Rodriguez has got to walk around with a scarlet letter on his chest, and David Ortiz gets to walk away scot free. And I don't like that. I, I'm sorry. But doesn't that make A Rod's story so much better that? 
he was he was made the example of everyone hated him. Even Yankee fans hated him. And he's one of the most likable figures on, you know, any gang, any baseball broadcast now. Whereas Ortiz was always liked and they never made any example of him. They never even mentioned his name really with anything when they should have. He should have been suspended. He should have been held accountable. And he just kind of gets to walk away scot-free. And I'm telling you, I'm going to have a major, major problem with this. I don't. When did Ortiz retire? I know, and you know it's going to happen, man. And you know it's going to few years when he he's going to get into the whole theme, and I'm going to have a major problem with that. I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to have a major, major problem with that when he's not out. He's not Alex Rodriguez. He's not Barry Bonds. He's not Roger Clemens. Those guys did steroids, but even without steroids, they're three of the greatest players to ever play Major League Baseball. I'll go to my grave saying that, okay? And they won't get into the Hall of Fame because they're tainted with steroids. This guy is a, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I hate his guts, man. There's nobody I ever feared more with a bat in his hand than David Ortiz. Yep. But he's a product of steroids, in my opinion. I'm sorry. He's got the clutch factor, which you can't take away from him. But he's also a product of, of performance-enhancing drugs. Can you take me back a little bit and... If you know, if you remember the story fluently enough, why wasn't he? You know, why wasn't he punished? Why wasn't he suspended? What if his name was on that list? What happened? Because it was supposed to be anonymous. It was supposed to be an anonymous list. It was it was this baseline testing that Major League Baseball did that they just wanted to see how rampant it was before they instituted a drug program. But somehow, you know, A-Rod's name got leaked, and then he became the poster boy for this, and then he admitted to doing it. It was just a whole big this mess. This was the Mitchell it. report? Uh, the Mitchell report. Let me look that up real quick. So, so – did someone officially leak this list or was or is it just, you know, hearsay that he was on it? Who? Ortiz. Ortiz. Yeah. I believe at this, I don't know if anybody's actually officially. All right. So the Mitchell report came down in 2007. So, uh, that drug test that those guys did was uh, in 2003. So I don't know. I don't really want to read the whole Mitchell report right now. But I think that's what came out. And that was the one that A-Rod tried to tamper with the evidence. And that's why he really got, you know, killed on it. He was trying to, to get rid of that list. And uh, he got caught doing so. From what I remember. Well, neither one of those guys are actually listed on the Mitchell report. Do you want to hear the names listed in the Mitchell report? I do. Uh, so you, obviously you got Clemens Bonds, Gary Sheffield, Jose Canseco, uh, your buddy Andy Pettit. Remember that? That was a that hit when you when you saw Andy Pettit's name on there. Oh yeah, uh, and that Miguel, that's when Pettit came out and said he was doing it to recover from injuries, but really that was it. Uh, Miguel Tejada, Jason Giambi, Eric Gagne, which I was excited when I saw his name on there because people were trying to say he was he was a, the greatest of all time ahead of Mariano Rivera. So, yeah, okay. 
uh, Brian Roberts, uh, Mike Stanton, Mo Vaughn, our, our buddy Kevin Brown. Remember, he was I, – I, I hate that guy so much. So wait, Benito's, hold on Benito's, a second. Yeah, go ahead. This actually – I'm just reading something real quick, and I just want to cut you off just so we can be accurate. It says – it's an article about Ortiz doing steroids. It says the Boston Red Sox slugger always has denied ever using steroids. Despite the New York times, 2009 report that he was included in baseball's Mitchell report for testing positive for PEDs in 2003. So the Mitchell report might not have come out until 2007, but I think that's what they're saying. He was on the list for. Oh yeah. Wait, I was. It's uh, it is a little bit deeper than the twenty guys that were listed right there. But uh, let's see here. I don't really. Where's his name though? I'm looking at something else here. I'm trying to find uh, David Ortiz's name. I still don't see it. As you as you're looking, I'm just going to read this quote. Um, referring to the Mitchell report that came out in 2009 about what allegedly occurred in 2003 MLB drug policies didn't start uh MLB drug policies started in 2004 I never failed to test I kept on banging so you know the reality is that it's a noise that I think was more damaging to some players careers than anything else hmm I mean well, in, in so many yeah. words he's admitting it I mean, I'm in dead. I'm on an article on Deadspin now. I still don't see uh, Ortiz listed here, or A Rod for that matter. So, I do know. I know that Alex Rodriguez got outed from that 2003. Uh, that was supposed to be anonymous testing, and that's pretty much how maybe that's it, what it was. Maybe it was anonymous testing, and then it was an official report that you're reading. So. <clears throat> Look, we all know that that David Ortiz is tainted. He doesn't have to admit it, but we know it, and it's going to be a problem when those guy when he those guys can't get into the whole thing, but he's going to get in because uh, you know there's there's only smoke, there's no actual fire there. But, but I think we all we all know it. Yeah, because you want to you want to make a you want to make an argument on anything and say, well, David Ortiz never tested positive. Guess who else never tested positive officially? Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, you know, Manny Ramirez is another guy. You mean to tell me that he can't get into the Hall of Fame because he did steroids? Ah, it's he stupid. He doesn't need – I mean, come on. Another guy, one of the greatest hitters of all time. He did steroids. Now, he's not getting into the Hall of Fame, but David Ortiz is going to get in. And look, here – and I get it. Like, I, I understand this more than anything else. I understand the writers not wanting to ease up on guys like Barry Bonds and stuff. I get it. I'm not saying they're wrong, but when you take a guy like Barry Bonds in particular – and you you throw away the home run record. You throw away all of that. Look at what he did his whole career before it ever came out. He was starting to do steroids and stuff. This guy's a Hall of Famer regardless. And, and a guy like Barry Bonds should never be held from the Hall of Fame. Uh, I get why he is, but, you know, in a case like his, you really got to break it down a little more than just he did steroids. Yeah. Anyway, I just these are two things I don't want. I mean, I guess we're talking about them today, but steroids and cheating. I'm just I'm over it at this point. Uh, I know I've you know some Yankee fans on Twitter. They 
you know, they weren't, they were kind of like, oh, how do you think a Red Sox got off easy? Again, it's kind of like what I said last week about the Astros. I just don't care at this point, you know? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think when it comes to the steroids, and this is going to tie into the current cheating, do you think steroids have, they, they got a hold on them? Like, do you think, do you think they did a good job with honing that in that, that issue with all these guys doing steroids? Or do you think there's just a lot of guys that you wouldn't even realize are still doing them? I don't think they're doing needles anymore. Like, uh, you know, they're trying to get, they're trying to get clever with it and cute with it and find other ways. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's like old school, like needles in the ass type deal anymore, but are guys trying to take performance enhancing drugs to get a, to get an edge? Yeah, bro. People are still getting popped for this shit. I mean, Robinson Cano got popped, what, two years ago? So, I mean, it's not even like fringe players. I, you know, Robinson Cano was a guy that was going to the Hall of Fame until he got hit with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, so then in, you know, tying that into currently now, do you think Manfred's biggest problem with not punishing the players is that the players are going to still try and find a way to cheat the system and continue this bullshit with the, any type of video or technology that they shouldn't be using? Do you think, uh, do you think really what I'm asking, do you think punishing at a higher level is enough to, um, discourage teams to do this moving forward. I think what happened to the Red Sox and Astros would not discourage a team, to be honest with you. But I think there's more guys than not that have more, more pride and and more of a love for the game. Like if it ever came out that the Angels were doing this, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked because they have a guy in Mike Trout that would never want to taint the game that way. In my well, opinion, according to Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve is above reproach. Here, oh, so. right. You're right. You're right. You know, you can have exceptions. You could be cheaters and still have exceptions. You know, when Altuve's daughter is older and she starts reading up about all this, you think she's going to look at him and ask him, uh, daddy, you were so embarrassed of my name being tattooed on your shirt that's why you didn't want them to rip your shirt off like do you did he ever think about the that tattoo was of i didn't know yeah that. it was that of his daughter's name that he's claiming was so embarrassed of i don't know <laughs> it's a, it's maybe that maybe that that's his punishment have, right no baby that was there was a buzzer on my chest and i was cheating yeah, you either got to admit to your daughter that you're a, a cheater or that you or that you're embarrassed her. of her name and you don't love her. Yeah, uh, poor, poor Jose Altuve. What a situation for him to be in, huh? Class act. So, <clears throat> I don't know. If there's anything else you want to touch on this, I think we probably should just let it No, let yeah, it we're pretty deep <laughs> in the show, and I like this poll that, that you put up this week. Let me find it here. I really, I think it's interesting, and I don't even, I don't know my answer yet. I think it's just going to come out when we start talking about it. Regarding the 2020 season and the playoffs. So we teased this last week, and then I put the poll up on 
uh, Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. I said, baseball returns in 2020, but there's one condition. The Yankees won't make the postseason. As a Yankees fan, would you sign up for that? The fans voted overwhelmingly at 77%. No, they would not sign up for that. Man, I don't know. I don't know for me. Do you do you know what you would do? Do you know do you know your answer? So here's here's the way I look at it. Either we have baseball and the Yankees don't make the playoffs or we have no baseball. So wouldn't you just take baseball? I would. I I would because I always talk about how I put all my eggs in one basket. I don't root for other sports teams. I don't really watch any other sports. I don't care. Uh, I'm all about Yankees. I when the season starts, it is such an emotional roller coaster for me whether they're good or bad, it doesn't matter. And that's draining. And so you would think like if you asked me this past off season, right before all this pandemic shit started and before it actually became a reality, that a season could be delayed. If you just asked me hypothetically, Hey, the 2020 season's about to start. They're about to report to spring training. Would you, if someone said either the season's going to be canceled or they'll play it, but the Yankees would make the postseason, what would you do? I'd probably tell you that I wouldn't even want to watch the season, but because now I've been teased this long and not having baseball and not knowing when it's going to come back, and being having so many months where my body's used to getting baseball back come March and April that I haven't had it, and it's been this long without it, I would take it back. Uh, Nobody said that you couldn't watch the Yankees. They just wouldn't be playing in the post. No, no, no. I'm saying I would I be as emotionally. What I'm saying is if you ask me in the offseason, I would probably say no, just fuck the season because it's such an emotional ride that it takes a lot out of you. But if, if you're telling me now I'm just, I love baseball so much and I miss it so much. I don't, I wouldn't care. I would still take baseball back at this point. You, you probably saw one of your kids to watch the pirates and the Royals right now. That's Absolutely. How bad it is. Absolutely. And probably in just a spring training game because they're really starting to piss me off. It's been a couple months now I've been home. So I'll take a spring training game for one of them. Really? Probably. So you're going like players that are going to, you know, be mechanics or, uh, you know, probably, you know, garbage men or whatever. Like their their future is, and that's not disparaging mechanics or garbage men. It's just that their futures are not as major league baseball players. You'd watch them play baseball and, and, and sacrifice it that you would give up one of your children. Absolutely. At this point, yes. That's good. Now we're talking about father of the year over there with Jose Altuve having to explain <laughs> to his daughter. Now, yeah, know, but I your joke. Children, your children are old enough to understand. I'm going to have to play this today. I them. I joke, and uh, the entire world isn't watching me when or listening to me when I do it. Yeah, but there's three little faces downstairs from you right now that are not going to want to hear this when you're you know in 15 or 16 years, whenever I decide to come back around and play this for them. That's true. I forgot my daughter can read now, and I wrote on a piece of paper the other day. I was I was Zoom chatting with some of my family, and my grandmother couldn't hear us. Not because she's deaf, but because uh, her something was wrong with their computer volume. So I wrote on the paper, my kids are making me want to blow my brains out, and I forgot that, that Leah can read now, and she found the paper. 
And she's like, what does this mean? <laughs> so you're, you forgot that an eight year old can read. Like that's how I forgot that my kids can read. I forgot that one of my kids can read. Like she's eight. Like when did you start reading? Like she's a better, she's a better reader than I am. Well, that's not surprising. I mean, you know what she's, really. you know what she said to my wife? You, you like to always, you know, make fun of me that my wife used to like label that she would put a piece of tape on the table and write table so that Leah can associate the words with what they actually are and so on and so forth. She goes to her, when Jack gets old enough, can we label everything with, with the words again? And in my head, I'm going, <laughs> don't fucking do that again. Not if Christian's going to be over. I don't know, man. I, don't, I might never have to go to your house again. If we're gonna That's true. This is actually shows. great. We can just we we can Skype once a week, twice a week, and that's it. So that's your official answer. That, that you you you're going to take baseball with no Yankees in the postseason. That's that's my official answer, and, and I'm I'm prefacing that with saying if you asked me this hypo- completely hypothetically in the off season, I might give a different one, but but being that we are a month now into when the season was supposed to start and I still don't have it. I'm, I'm saying I'll take any type of baseball. I don't care if the, if the Yankees make the postseason or not, I just need something. See, you're in a weird position because like you said, you don't root for any other teams. Exactly. I'm still, I still, I'm a giants fan. And like you go into seasons knowing that they're going to be bad and they have no hope of going to the playoffs, but you still watch the season so, like, that's what my mind was going through. Like, I wouldn't cancel an NFL season knowing that, the oh, the Giants are bad. They're not making the playoffs. I'll just cancel the season. I would still want to watch the season. I would still get enjoyment out of the games I would watch of my team. And then you would still, like, you know, like I said, you would still want to watch the season. And that's how I, I would feel about this. As much as it would suck to go through a season knowing that the Yankees aren't going to make the postseason, you know, I, well, the alternative is that you have no baseball whatsoever. Like I would rather sit there and watch the Mets play the Marlins than not watch anything. Right. Yeah. Now, because you know, especially right now, think of it this way, put yourself in my shoes for a second. Being a fan of any team in any sport is part of your life. I mean, it's part of who you are. And when you're a true fan, it, it is you're absorbed and that's part of your character. It's part of, what you're used to year in and year out. You've just got done being a fan. I mean, whether the Giants sucked or not, you like you just said, you were still a fan, and you had moments that you will remember for the rest of your life because one of those players, uh, Eli Manning, was retiring, and that was kind of a big deal you know, for you and everything like that. You've had those emotions. Imagine not having them for a full year not having any of that and you just wait for baseball to start and now you still don't even have that. So that's where I'm sitting right now. I mean, I love the Yan- I love the Yankees beyond beyond any rational person. Uh, any rational love of a of a team, it's sickening. But I love baseball too and I would take baseball right now it wouldn't matter to me. I would just take the game. 
Yeah, um, I'm in total agreement because as soon as I uh, we wrap up here, I'm going to go watch Monday Night Raw in a gym, essentially, with nobody around. And I'm going to be bored out of my fucking mind because I'm like, this is what this is where we're at right now. I have to this is the only new entertainment that I get. And it's, you know, and there's times that I can get into it. And but most of the time I'm bored watching it because there's no energy. There's no there's no life in the building. Yeah. And, and I would I would take baseball right now. Honestly, I would. And even if it meant no. And Governor Cuomo came out today and said that he envisions the summer with the Yankees and Mets both playing in their in the home ballparks. But that's probably going to be without fans. And I would I would sign for that right now, too. Yeah, I would sign for the Yankees playing at Yankee Stadium, even if it meant that we couldn't go. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100 percent. That would be the least of my worries. You hate going to games anyway. I really I don't enjoy it the way I used to. If it's a huge game, that's different. But just casually going to a game now, I just don't enjoy it anymore. I, I it's such a hassle sometimes. I like being on my couch in the AC and just kicking back and watching a game. I miss being there. Like I, I, that's the more so than the season not being played right now. What I really miss is that I haven't been to Yankee Stadium in since October. That's what I miss. Yeah, I mean that being said, not being able to go is making me miss going. You know, I want to. I want to be there. I want to. I. I would die to go to a game and you know, actually be in the stands and, 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 and just be at a ballpark. It wouldn't even have to be Yankee stadium. I don't care. So because of all this, yeah, it makes me miss it. But if you're telling me the season's going to start and I can't go to a game, I'm not going to sit home and cry over it. I'm going to at least be happy. I'm getting baseball. Like I want to, I want it to be, this is how screwed up this is. I want to be mad that I'm missing an Aaron judge at bat because the fucking jerk offs, behind the counter or taking too long with my chicken fingers. Like I want to be yeah. mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Cause at least you got the TVs. Yeah. But they're delayed. <laughs> yeah. but Yeah. But you know what? We, you know, we bitch and complain about certain things that, you know, we would take it any day of the week over this, but you got more important things to worry about. Anyway, you're about to be a father. Yeah, I, I, this kid don't want to come out, man. She's uh, she's being stubborn. I wonder where she gets that from. Yeah, not from you. Really? Have Have you met me? You I'm and lot, you and I'm your wife. Lot, I'm a lot more easygoing. Like you didn't really know me in my heyday, man. Like we we became friends. I calmed down a lot once we became friends, and don't that says nothing. So, to I, do. so I'm just, the reason. Your you life got your life it. got better. When I came into it, and I'm the reason why you're a happier person now. I wouldn't use that phraseology, but I, I don't know. That can't be a uh, word. What? Phraseology. You're the one that needed to know what how to spell table. And you're going to tell me <laughs> phraseology is not a word? Wow, it is a word. Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> my wife is actually due a week from tonight. We're recording Monday night, uh, so... So there's a very good chance that this could be your last show for a while. I wouldn't say for a while. 
you're you're not going to take a couple weeks off just you know with a newborn i'll do the show with her okay i'll take it so this could be this could definitely there's a very good chance this could be your last show uh before she's born i really i I really pray to God that that is the case because I'm, I'm, <laughs> it gets bad uh, at the end, huh? right? I mean, they just, when, when my wife was pregnant, even with Jack, when she was pregnant with Jack, she was incredible. She was, she was just happy all the time, whatever, but it didn't matter when it comes down to those final couple weeks, few weeks, it's friggin' torture for her and for us. It's not fun for anybody right now. And, uh, you know, I just, I want the baby to be here, man. Like, you know, especially in this world where you have to worry about if you leave your house, you're going to catch some shit. And, uh, then you go to show up at the hospital and they're like, yep, you're not going to, you have to leave now. This is, I'm telling you right now, like 99.9%, this is going to be my only child. And, you know, you want to, be told as you walk in i'm 36 years old been waiting for this moment my whole life and there's a goddamn pandemic going on and they're like oh yeah you have to go home now yeah and but you want to know something as much as it's gonna suck and as much as it's gonna hurt that your family can't meet her when when she's born and stuff like that you at the end of the day when that when your daughter's born, you'll feel it even more how much of that stuff just isn't going to matter, even if it's just in that moment. And I think maybe it'll it'll make it that much greater for you. So maybe you got to just look at it that way. Uh, the only thing I'm looking at right now is the fact that I need this baby to come out. Just, just got to get her out, man. Yeah. I, I feel your pain. I'm on your side for once. Oh, really? That's how bad. That's how bad this must be, huh? Oh, yeah. And to any with, of the, with any each of the day. fellows out there that are listening, you know, sympathize with me here. With uh, you know, especially if it's your first child and you don't really know what to expect, and you're really in the last week of this. With each day, it just gets worse. And again, I, I, it also gets worse for for. Oh, she's the not, mother. This isn't. This is not like she's sitting downstairs eating chuckles and having a good time right now. No, she's, she's, she's done. Like you just get to a point, they get to a point where they're done. She's done. Yeah. I mean, anybody, I mean, seriously though, the the woman, she's a saint. She's been carrying my child for nine months, my child. So it's not, it probably hasn't been easy on her even more than she's been letting on. So, well, like if this is our last show before, your daughter's born. I'll say publicly, I wish you the best of luck and Lindsay and uh, just soak it in as much as you can. You, It's almost like uh, it, when you go into the room where she's going to give birth, it's, it's like cold. It's extremely bright and it feels like you are almost hallucinating. Try and just fight past that. I'll tell you that. That's my advice. Right. So if I feel like I'm hallucinating, should I just bring mushrooms with me? You should actually, you should experience the birth on shrooms. I think this that's is the way that to I go. I've always wondered, and maybe you know, I don't know who I could ask about this. 
But I don't smoke pot anymore. But I'm wondering, like, what coronavirus? Are people still getting, you know, weed? I'll say this, and I won't incriminate anyone, but I know too many people in my life that would literally just do bad things if they couldn't have gotten it this whole time. And I haven't experienced any difference with these people or heard any bad stories where they're in jail. So I'd have to confidently say people are still getting their weed during all this. Because I'll admit in the years of my life, when I smoked marijuana, I would be like, fuck coronavirus. I'm going to get weed tonight. See, when I did it, it was just to be cool and like fit in. I would have been fine. But hey, you know what? I think there's, you know, maybe we have bigger things to worry about and whether or not people are still getting high right now. But that's the reason, I guess that's one of the reasons why the liquor stores were, it is, were, it is were the still open. They didn't want people, uh, you know, going through detox and shit. Yeah. And imagine how many more people would end up at the hospital. Yeah. So I guess maybe the cops were, are not really like busting drug dealers right now. You know, like, yeah, let, let, let people get high right now. Fuck we'll worry it. about this later. Fuck it. I don't know. So uh, if you got to fly solo next week, you'll be able to handle that. Oh, yeah. I'll handle it. You don't worry about I, anything but but that baby. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be doing a show next week because uh, <clears throat> next Monday is the due date. And I. It's, and if she's anything like her mother and myself, we're never on time for anything, so she won't be here anyway. So <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I think that should wrap it up here. I have no idea how long the show is, but I'm sure it's over Better an hour at this point. All right, that's not bad. Uh, so everybody, we uh, hope that you're continuing your social distancing, staying safe, staying healthy. Although I, I will admit, and just to wrap up the show here, is uh, I'm kind of getting tired of this shit. Yeah. It's like, and it's going to go at least if if you're in the tri-state area, sounds like it's going to go at least until June 1st now. So, I mean, and they're even being cautious with that date at this point. So whereas I will admit that I might get a little bit, I would probably be getting a little bit ballsier with the things that I'm doing if I wasn't about to have a kid and didn't have to worry about not being there because I'm just like so over at this point. Yeah. I agree. But you know what? At the end of the day, though, you can, you got to kind of take those feelings and hide them a little bit. Uh, maybe you're listening to this show while taking a nice walk on Tuesday because it is supposed to be nice. Uh, hopefully spring will be around the corner. I think that's part of the reason why we're all still going a little stir crazy right now is that the weather hasn't been great. You know, you get a couple of nice days and then it just like, like even when it's not raining lately, it's like just freezing outside. Yeah, no, I was watching the news earlier, and the, the, they're issuing a frost warning yeah. tonight. So, just everybody, just stay safe, stay healthy, man, and uh, that's all really you can say at this point, and just keep doing what we're doing here. We'll, I mean, hopefully we'll get through this. If it's another month, it's another month, but, you know, I, like I always say, man, it is what it is at this point. Just have to keep keep going through it. Yeah, just put your head down and Keep fighting and hope hope we get baseball back soon. We'll try to, you know, if uh, if I'm 
if I don't get a special delivery from the stork in the next few days, I'll come up with uh, some fun topics we can talk about on, on next week's episode. So we'll, uh, we'll be here to keep you entertained and try to keep you sane. So thank you for listening to episode 173 of the NYYST podcast. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Maybe Chris will finally watch Tired King this week. Uh, it's only the fact that it's falling out of the top 10 now. <laughs> actually, actually, while I, I will admit this because you admitted that you're watching Grey's Anatomy and it's something that you never thought you would watch. And I opened the show with this because it actually just came into my brain here of things you never thought that you would watch, but you're on quarantine. So you're watching it. My wife was watching Married at First Sight and I actually watched the majority oh, of the episode. Yeah. And you liked it. I... I wouldn't say I liked it as much as I was intrigued by it. Like just knowing that my wife and I were together for eight years before we got engaged, 10 before we got married and these people just fucking up and got married without ever talking on the phone with each other and seeing how like they're going to try to make a life together. That's one thing about quarantine right now. Like if you're newly married and by newly married, I mean, you know, a handful of years you're not, you know, you're not 20 years married where, you know, it's a little different. But this was like a true test, this quarantine. Like you thought you thought you had spent enough time with your significant other leading up to it. This is the most time you'll ever spend. If, if this, I'm sure this opened eyes for a lot of people. For me, fortunately, it's been phenomenal. And I could not imagine, mar- that's what the show is. You marry someone who you just meet. So basically, I didn't catch the first couple episodes, but basically the premise of the show is that you sign up for a matchmaking service. They match you based on compatibility, and the first time you meet or ever speak to that person is at your wedding. That's wild. And then you have eight weeks together, and then after the eight weeks, you decide whether you want to stay married or get a divorce. And I'm just sitting there saying That's crazy. This is fucked up. Like, I could... I am look, dude. I will never ever say I was some uh, fucking ladies' man or some heartthrob Lothario out there, some guy, you know. But even in my leanest years, bro, I would never ever consider going on a fucking television show where I would marry somebody <laughs> that I never met in my entire life. Because, dude, honest, oh my god, like, and some of these people that you see, like, you look at them and they're like. Why would they be on this show? Like they're not. They, you would think that they have hope in life. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Bro. It's just it's maybe just, I gotta it, watch that show too. I guess it's where we're at in in, in quarantine time. Yeah. Right now. but I don't know. I guess uh, after I finish up the league here, I guess I'll swing over to Pawnee, Indiana, because now I want to watch Parks and Rec after they came out and said that they're doing that uh, special charity episode which will be interesting to see yeah how they i'm pull excited that so all right so uh, we'll wrap this up here thank you for listening to episode 173 of the nyyst podcast follow us on twitter at nyy sports talk uh hope you know hopefully next time i speak to you i'll have a uh, eight pound uh, attachment hmm. sitting in my lap she's a big she's a big girl this one so it's a good thing yeah so uh <clears throat> Thank you for listening. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else that we usually That's say? It. Oh, oh, I got to do my Stack Guy Ryan impersonation. Go, Yanks! Chris, say goodbye. Peace!